Hi, I'm Marion Ellis, and this is the Surveyor Hub podcast, the podcast for surveyors who just love what they do. In this podcast, you'll hear from surveyors of all flavours, businesses of all sizes, and also conversations with people working in the business of surveying, supporting the work we do. We'll be chatting about what matters in our work, our career journeys, and learning how surveyors make a social and physical impact every day through their work. Don't forget to rate, review and follow the podcast or pop over to Google and leave us a review. You can also show your support at buymeacoffee.com forward slash The Surveyor Hub. Today, I'm speaking to Selena Baptiste, a chartered surveyor with experience in the built environment as a commercial manager and a cost consultant. Welcome to the podcast, Selena. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for uh, I've been uh, been really looking forward to you coming on the podcast, so uh, no pressure, because we <laughs> met ever so briefly at the RICS International Women's Day event in March yeah. 2022, and you were on a panel, were you on the Matrix panel? Yeah, that's right. It was just talking about what the different struggles were with each one of us, but in general, because we're all so different. I'm probably a bit too old for Matrix now, but technically I'm still in the 10-year <laughs> ten year studying period or 10-year pre-qualification, whatever it is. But yeah, so it was just talking about how we feel it affects those that are still looking to do their ABC, those that are training or those that are trying to enter the industry. So it was quite a good panel for the day and with everyone else talking about yourself as well, talking about women, like uh, it was, how it is. Yeah, it was, it was really good because... It was the first time they had RICS had organised a women's event by yeah. themselves that wasn't, you know, from Nowick or, you know, other, you know, they have had a, a couple, but it yeah. was certainly the first one that I attended. It was great that it was uh, live as well, because obviously yeah. this was just as we were coming out of COVID, so they were limited That's on cool. numbers, but it didn't, it didn't feel like that. It was quite, it was good. Yeah. And there is a record a recording of it, not to put any pressure on you in case you've... Yeah. I'm too <laughs> nervous to watch myself. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't listen to these podcasts either. I think, oh God. But there's a recording of it. So I'll put that in the show notes because it was really interesting and refreshing. And I think also the talk that Charlotte Neal gave at the end, I don't know if you caught that, where she talked about actually some of the stats for mm. uh, female members of the RICS and mm. how women have an average membership of 16 years compared to 28 years. Yeah, that was you know? interesting. Yeah. And it was. Um, it was good to see them actually looking at this data for once and sharing it. Obviously, mm. there's you know work to be done, not just by RICS, but actually all the, the firms. Because a lot of women I talk to, you know, there's often a focus on next generation and, you know, the, everyone else sort of coming through. And I know a lot of surveyors who come into uh, surveying later on in life. So we're not quite, we're, we're new to the industry, but not got that useful exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, but when you look at stats like that, you just think, well, where do we all bloody go? You know, what's yeah. where's the, the retention problem? And, you know, we've made lots of progress in terms of women coming in and diversity, but it's that retention. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's something that hopefully they'll uh, they'll be looking at going forward. But the reason I wanted you on the podcast, I remember, was I've sat there watching you on the panel and panels are always awkward, especially if you've never done them before and some people can be a bit stiff I mean it was a great panel yeah. and a criticism of anybody on the panel and I can't remember you were asked a question and you just gave the response of just like are you kidding me or I just go and do it and I, I, what it is, I, just thought, 
can't remember what it was. I have to watch it on replay. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, she's so down to earth. I need to speak to her. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I, I'm, and I just thought, oh, that's exactly why somebody I can just have a good chat with. It's not going to be like pulling teeth. I'm quite refreshing as well. I think you were talking about your kids or or something. But um, yeah. but listen, tell for, for people listening to the podcast, we get a lot of students mm. and people of all different flavors and, and sizes. Uh, tell me a bit about the kind of surveying you do and, and how you got into it. Yeah, so I mean, it's a strange story how I got into it because I had no idea about it. But the crazy thing is, I found out that my dad was a surveyor. Yes, crazy. Story. No way. <laughs> yeah. But it's only after I found so. Basically, I started after I finished, I went to uni. Um, literally, it was, I didn't really know about surveying until um, I used to work as an estate agent after uni. I mean, I went to uni on a, I'd done like management and media at St. Mary's. So I wanted to get into music. I wanted to like, I don't know, go, I did the fun things in life, but I actually realised maybe I should have a career. <laughs> I fell pregnant in my last year with my eldest daughter and then realised I just need to finish a degree and just get on with it. And then I started to work in an estate agent. And it was only when I was sitting down with a tenant, because it was lettings, and uh, I looked at his salary and he was a project manager. I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's like, hello. <laughs> How did you get into that? And it was basically an estate agent in Wembley. And he um, was from Iran and he was moving his family over to the UK. And he was basically, oh, yeah, well, I'm working in Wembley. It's a great well, they're looking for a lot of women to go into that. And considering he wasn't from the UK, to say to a female that, oh, actually, a lot more women should get into the industry, it was quite, I, I didn't realise until then that, oh, someone is telling me that it is actually a problem. So I started mm. to speak, being an estate agent, obviously I had a lot of building surveyors, so I spoke to the directors and I found out they were actually sponsoring a lot of the younger guys that were there. But for some reason, they didn't want to sponsor me. But then I thought, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm always someone who, who is always, if I'm told that I can't do something, well, they're not going to help for a while. If you're not going to, I always feel like maybe someone's holding me, holding me back on purpose, generally. But I think it's just a mental thing for me. I think I've always been brought up like that. Someone's going to hold you back, even if you think you can't do it. So it's like, right now. I, I guess it gives you that fight, doesn't it? You know, of just something that yeah, yeah. you can't. It's like, well, you'll get up again, you'll do it, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm like, hmm, okay. And I, I spoke to my dad. I said, oh, I met someone who was a project manager. Because, <laughs> oh, that's what I do. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought my dad got in a suit and went to an office. And I didn't realise still toe cap boots on the stairs were his. I just thought they were just there. <laughs> <laughs> Random thing that. So oh, that's what I do. And I just didn't realise. And then he said, oh, maybe go into the, I went to the College of Estate Management. And it's when I looked at that and I can do it distant learning and just doing a bit of research. And I think it was the summer and they were taking it internship in the, the start in the postgrad in the October. So I just remember quick, I need to, can I afford it? Oh, I don't know, I'll get a loan. <laughs> Lastminute.com, I think, I hope this is the right thing to do. And actually it was a good way to, literally just study and work and I changed jobs worked with housing associates I stayed in property but I wanted to get the experience of different areas and understand it and I was able to move around as such I thought just in case my video goes off but I think with I actually generally wanted to be a building surveyor first of all mm. and do building and I think that was 2008 I started it basically a three-year course took me five years I felt pregnant stopped it for a bit 
And it does make you feel a little bit like demotivated because you think, oh my God, I'm never going to get to the end. I'm never going to get to the end. Had a baby, then went back and thought, oh, what am I doing? And then it was the sort of mid-recession type, people getting back in. You don't know what's going on. I'm sure it was 2008. But um, it just made me think, okay, I'll just have to complete it. I'm not going to start something and not complete it and spend silly money over the years Mm. and not get something because I knew I needed to do that because the end goal in everybody's head, I hear it from a lot of grads now, is just to be chartered, just to be chartered. (laughs) Wherever it gets you, just to be chartered. Regardless of anything else, I need to get my end. So for me, it was just finishing that so I can take that next step. And literally, I went back in my career when I was in my final year doing the postgrad and, and joined Barclay Homes. Like okay. you get information, you don't really know what you're doing. And there was a commercial graduate role. So I thought, okay, like quantity surveying. I haven't actually studied it because I really wanted to be a building surveyor. <laughs> but um I more or less fell into it, I suppose. When I think about it, I managed to get that grad opportunity and I was commuting from Watford to Woolwich every day cool. and making sure I'd get the site with two kids. I mean, luckily at the time, my husband was around so I could leave at six in the morning and a childminder was a friend. I think really if I didn't have anybody around, it would be quite hard. And I don't know how, you would just have my son to work and find a nursery close by. There's ways in which you can do it, but I think I would just find a way. It sounds bad because I don't know what advice I'd give someone who generally doesn't have anyone around. It's interesting because I... I a lot of women reach out to me and I had someone just yesterday on Instagram reach out to me to say, I've got three kids. I want to get back in to do my APC, but Mm. I just don't know whether I can. And I don't know where to get support or even how to begin. And, you know, you just want to give someone like that a big hug. Yeah, you know, because yeah. we've, you know, when you've had kids, and 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 that really resonates. You know, the even if you're not training, you know, but coming away from a job and then going back into it, the confidence, yeah. you know, you change as a person, and, yeah. and and all of those things. But you find a way. There is a way. There is a, is a solution, and it might not be the ideal, you know, and it is a case of a compromise, absolutely. But I think all women have that with kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I remember my my corporate career, um, you know, when I had my daughter, you know, my job was helpfully moved from Milton Keynes to Manchester and uh-huh. I was expected to stay over and things, but I was breastfeeding and I used to do, you know, used to get like a six o'clock train and come back, back in time for, for pickup because there was no one else to pick up. And it's exhausting, but you, you find a way and you yeah. can do it to a point if you know, there's a goal at the end of it, you know, achieving your chartership, getting qualified, getting the job and it's worth it, you know? So I think, and where do you signpost people like that? That's well, true. the, you know, we have a women in surveying Facebook group. It's the most informal group you will come across and it's not there to give you know, a professional women's network as such. You know, there's so many different women's networks in the built environment that can help you with your career. Sometimes you just need to speak to another mum yeah. You know, and say, I can do it, you can do it too. It yeah. might be different, but let's just, yeah. you know, have that sisterhood, if you like, of, yeah. of friendships and you know, and, and no. you know, we um women's groups, you know, are a bit marmite for some people. And you know, some one of our most popular topics this summer has been um, do you wear a sports bra and what do you wear in the summer? Because it's so hot. 
<laughs> you know, it's like, where else can you have those kind of conversations? But aren't those conversations just as important exactly. as imposter syndrome and let's, yeah. you know, sort things out, get our career going? Uh, sometimes it's the, yeah, the, yeah, the no. practicalities, you know, so and also think, yeah, definitely. you know, You're right. with, yeah. women like you and, and, you know, this lady that reach out to me, you build massive resilience, massive resilience, you know, that'll help you moving forward. You just got to keep on going. Like, if you know you've got your end goal, like 100%. I don't, you can't stop. I mean, we stopped so many times in our career, I think. And it's only, it's only in the past few months I've realized because, like, I used to be that grad and that student, even though I was like in my mid 30s, thinking, oh, I want to get there. Why are they getting like promoted quicker than me? But I'm thinking, actually, wait, that guy hasn't finished stop work, doesn't have to like drop kids off, doesn't have to take maternity leave. So they have to go back and start again. And obviously, I, I have changed jobs a few times, but it's like, now I've realised, you know what, you, we just have to just keep on going. Just like what you said, if, if there's an end goal, then you think, oh, right, I've reached it. Now what? <laughs> you know what? I think that's really interesting. I saw um, like a picture graphic someone shared on LinkedIn recently, and it was like a racetrack, and it had men and women lined up for a race, and the men had like a clear run around this racetrack and women had to jump over the iron in the washing the kids and everything yeah <laughs> and you can either look at that as a negative it's a barrier it's a challenge and you know i don't dispute that yes it is but yeah. also i think we should all men as well start to look at that and say isn't it amazing that she can jump through hoops yeah, and yeah. over ironing boards and still get there and that's the way that yeah. i look at it because you know women we often I used to run a little NCT group when my daughter was born. And because well, I I, it was second child, I had no mates. So I just thought, I'd, oh, I'll go and do this then, new, new town and this. <laughs> and um, but what, I, what I learned is, you know, the, the multitasking comes from home. You know, the management yeah. comes from working out where your kids are and where they need to be. And yeah. all of those skills, they might not be in the office sense, but they're absolutely, you know, we're decision makers and yeah, we're big responsibility. And I think yeah. we can really really disregard that so uh, you know anybody looking to recruit needs to see past that and we might not be yeah, able to definitely. articulate it yeah i think and it's hard when you've had a, a gap i think you know in terms of your study or yeah. or career but never yeah. ever be ashamed of that yeah i think it's maybe as i've got older but i do i do wonder i was like oh like maybe because now i've like now i've done my efforts and i've got it and i think oh finally thank god <laughs> I'm actually China and all those years that I thought about it, like some of those, what, 10, 12 years. I was like, oh God. But actually, it's even not more important because I want everyone to do it. Everyone's capable. If I can do it, yeah. someone else can do it, like 100%. It is just that dedication. And yeah, fine if you need to stop and like look after the children, like don't feel like you've done, because that's how I'd be like, oh God, I've done. I'm, I'm waiting again and then you hear someone else is sat and you're like oh, but you're happy for them you're like why and then you have to sort of say, oh yeah because I've got like a three-year-old right here yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I've got to find nursery and I've got to find the next school I've got to be the next they've got to be the next person on that waiting list <laughs> and you think okay fine I've got other things to think about and I think when I fell pregnant and it was COVID I thought what am I waiting for? I've just got to do it and it's just I think when people I me mean, even my dad when you will hate me for saying it because you'll deny it right now. But he said, never. Oh, don't. Just go and go into, like, real estate. Don't be a QS. And you saw that red flag and went went straight for it. Yeah. How was um, studying and qualifying through COVID then? I think it's a good thing that 
RICS have moved it to teams now because online assessments. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the best thing, I think the nerves when you spoke when I spoke to others, it's like yeah, you have to go into like Heathrow or or Birmingham, like choose somewhere where and you've got to be there for a day, and it's just that nervous like anxiety. I mean, it's very anxious when you're doing it. But I thought my mindset was like, let me let me sit and try because. If I don't try it, I'll never know what it's like. And if I fail, I fail. That that was my mindset. If I fail, like, at least I've tried it. I know what to do next time. Okay, that's good. It's good. <laughs> like me talking to myself. <laughs> and what um what support did you have then? Was that uh, company uh, or you know? No, see, at that time I was working for a contractor who didn't really care to be honest. But because I had my my documents ready, I did pay for an external assessor to review it and to be fair it was actually friends support like colleagues like old work colleagues and there's probably about three of us going through it at the same time and they assessed it by my work off the time I didn't get to sit and I got really frustrated so I ended up finding like an independent person to try and uh, sign off my documents but and then it was really just friends support like work colleagues I've made like when we talk about women and supporting each other when I really think about Apart from my close friends from school, my, my close friends are the women that I've worked with because we've all actually gone through those crazy struggles. And it's actually, mm. they might be like 10 years younger than me, but in their like early 30s, late 20s, or like my age. But actually, it's, I have made the closest friends through work because we are generally supporting each other because we know what it's like, especially in construction, especially in the built environment. And it's it that, it, you're right, it's that camaraderie. And I think particular for women, and there's a lot of research on um, on this, women are wired to tend and befriend. You know, yeah. it's 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 unnatural, you know, you can go on the whole gender thing, but, you know, as a as general rule, we just want to support each other. Yeah, and, yeah. So. And there's nothing worse than women who don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, you do come across have, that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but we absolutely, we absolutely need that. And I think for anybody listening to this, one, I would hope that if you're a student or going through your APC, just know that you can do that and there is support out yeah, there okay. and things. But but if you're an employer or if you're a, you know, an experienced surveyor, the support that you can give makes a massive, massive impact. And we see this sometimes yeah. in the um, Surveyor Hub, the Facebook group I run, or some of the connections I, I put people in touch with each other. It's not about signing up as a mentor you know, for a two-year program and commitment and, and all of that, sometimes mm-hmm. it's just giving the pep talk. Sometimes yeah. it's just posting a picture of something you've seen and explaining it because you know, particularly through COVID and on the on the defect side and residential side, we didn't get out to see many properties, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, you know, just a little nudge makes a massive, massive difference. And it's a way that you can give back and support each other yeah, if, you know, financially you can't support and it's different with the big firms because they've got graduate schemes and it's all about you know getting them out and you know that's yeah. a whole sort of different beast but yeah, so yeah. many people like you don't know where to go actually people can't afford to pay for an external provider to get yeah. them through and the quality of some of those you know they're not approved by our ICS to a standard no. yeah. you know I'm not saying that they're bad but you know there's real mixed reviews and so knowing yeah. who to trust who's got your back you know is it's quite an investment and the, the thing is I don't know about about you um but you know for me like qualifying was life-changing it meant my salary doubled and I could fee earn properly it meant I didn't yeah. lose my flat for the mortgage yeah. and I just felt I had this sense of identity 
after being lost in the wilderness years for, for a few years. And it, it just gave me that that grounding, anchoring that I am worth more than I think yeah. I am. Yeah, you know, yeah, in, that, yeah. in that respect, it was um, it's quite powerful. Um, yeah. I would ask you about. Um, so you said you work for Barclay Homes. I used to work for a, a house builder. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as well and on this podcast we love hearing career stories everybody mm-hmm. says they fell into it oh God, yeah. you know gone into different <laughs> things so uh, what was that like working for a, a house builder I mean it was definitely an eye-opener but um because I was that grad mindset I need to get my ABC it wasn't really their focus I suppose because they're client based really so it's not really for them there's no benefit or at that time there's no benefit for them to have chartered surveyors and a lot of people there weren't chartered. I mean, you would obviously have your handful because each region was different. But I ended up going there to leaving their graduate scheme to go to another graduate scheme. Um, I've been around at Acom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, can but you, have to, you have to move. You have to move to get the experience, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I realised I'm definitely more of a people person. I the idea of being stuck in the office as a not so much as a grad I I get the grad schemes are great for those that have just left uni and I didn't realize that until I'd gone to two grad schemes and that's because I don't I don't I'm not saying I don't need people skills but I enjoy meeting people (laughs) I enjoy talking in fact I probably talk too much I need to calm down but I think the fact that you learn those skills as a graduate from uni you know dealing with professional people but for me, it was just understanding the real job, like understanding like costings, like the design teams, the like how it all interlinks to build something or advise a client. But I also enjoyed watching the build. So I left yeah. consultancy to go to a builder and I worked for a builder in Watford for a year and a bit before they went into administration. And I wanted to keep that momentum because I enjoy building with your your trades. I like building with the plumbers and the electricians and the, mm. I, I enjoy that interaction, actually understanding it because if I don't, I'm a visual learner that I need to see it as well as read it. <laughs> yeah. Because I have you to know, the, do it twice. This resonates, <laughs> honestly, it resonates so much. You know, when I joined a graduate scheme, I used to work for, it used to be called Lang Homes back then. And, you know, I'd, I'd taken a few years out before I, I got my degree and I got on this graduate scheme and it was six months in different places around the yeah. country, having exactly. never left Wales before. Uh, it was quite, quite daunting. <laughs> and I remember on the first day, you know, the other grads were worried about picking up the phone and talking to people. And I was yeah. thinking, how the bloody hell am I going to survive 18 months? But it was, <laughs> I learned lots of other things um, yeah. from it. And like you, I'm a quite visual learner. I can set up any to experience something to, for it to yeah. stick in my head. And, you know, I, I did things like buying land. I remember we did this, um, uh, it was over in Kidderminster. It was like a piece of land and I had to do all the work for it. Now, this is not pre-computers, but, you know, it was quite <laughs> simple. We had paper and stick a map and stickers on. And, and I, I did all this work and I came up with a value of like five million. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, no, any that kind of money, five million. And um, they said, yeah, oh yeah, this is really good, but we're going to offer seven just because we want it. You know, I just thought, you know, just, and then, and I, and, and I did a bit in um, like sales and marketing. I did time on site, you know, uh, in St. Albans, learning what, what that was like. But I also did a bit of, uh, in the commercial department, you know, working out the materials and the cost mm-hmm. and I couldn't do that, I'm afraid, Selena. It just <laughs> it broke my brain. <laughs> 
But what I, what I liked about <laughs> what I liked about that kind of scheme was you got to see how your input made a difference to the end product. Yeah, And I think so often as surveyors, or if we work in companies like this, we don't ever work in silo. We don't have the industry in context. Mm-hmm. And I talk, about, I talk uh, about this a lot to the surveyors that I work with and coaches, you know, like for home surveys, for example, you go and do the survey, mm-hmm. but you don't know what's going on before. You don't know what's going after. You don't know what's going on with the market. Yeah, You don't need to know, but you need to have a perception of it and keep up to date with it because things yeah, change definitely. and it means you can help yeah. your client better. So having that zoomed out, you know, view of the whole thing was massively yeah. beneficial, but they weren't interested in RICS at all. And I remember I was in the, like a planning and development department sending this stroppy graduate email saying, I will become RICS membership one day. <laughs> and the guy was just like, oh, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> and so but what I did, in all, yeah, <laughs> the right one was on the wall that I was troubled on, I think. Um, but what I, what I did all the way through was keep up my APC diary, keep up my records. And I got a little bit of experience that I could use. Uh, but when I left, that's when I joined a surveying firm for what was meant to be three months valuation experience and it turned out to be 15 years I ended up oh, saying wow. that cool. um you know so you do you do have to know what you need but recognize that not every employer can give it to you yeah and that's okay and sometimes yeah. I sometimes when I hear graduates unhappy with their employer it's like well in the nicest sense they've got a big company to run yeah, and they care about you but they don't quite at the bottom line when the, when the pressure's on but yeah. you take control of that and move, exactly. and, and move around um yeah definitely you can't take that person because you understand i mean there's one thing i mean i suppose after my dad say like just be careful some people hold you back on purpose mm. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you can see that in some firms so but you've just got to you know like you said just have like your eye open to understand where you where your signal is and just work towards it if if you're not getting the support internally fine but I suppose it's it's your personal goal and they have their business to run. But as a people, you sort of understand when there are people that don't really want to help you because it may not help them because they're not chartered, if that makes sense. But they're, they're quite yeah. successful in their way. But it's, it's really interesting, actually, learning about businesses and how businesses mm work and, and operate and yeah. I, mean, I think you said you did like a management degree so you maybe have a bit of a better understanding but it mm-hmm. was a totally different you know uh, kettle of fish for me to get my head around and what I've never been very good at is the politics you know and you walk into some organizations and there's a clear hierarchy of who can speak to who and, and what where and when and you know we've got an open door policy you can always come and speak to me but don't dare <laughs> open that door uh, you know, there's all of these rules and unwritten rules, which are really confusing, I think, for graduates. And and graduates mm-hmm. often report to or relate uh, linked to the senior management as well yeah. as people, you know, on the on the front line. And so they sort of bridge the hierarchy, if you like. And that can be really difficult. It means, you know, sometimes yeah. you can be seen as insensitive and not um, or expect just things to be done. And then you can't work yeah. out why it's a real eye-opening and I'm glad I did it 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 was really really hard but it taught me a lot about people and you're right people who hold you back and my first job once I graduated from there was in a sales and marketing team and I had a awful boss who just made me cry Mm. you know and you just think god you know but and you look back now you think gosh 
Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's funny because with, you know, I mean, and you mentioned the people holding you back, the whole, you know, I guess the whole diversity piece and, and that as well. But, you know, I didn't experience, apart from that, and I think he just had a, a problem. Apart from that, I didn't think I experienced any kind of discrimination or, I mean, yes, you know, there's not many women about and some of us aren't yeah, yeah. and whatever, but I never really experienced it until I was quite senior level. And then it mm-hmm. was all by stealth. And, you know, so when I, I guess I sort of came into the industry, I thought sexism and things like that would be more blatant. Mm. But actually you can deal with people like that really well. You know, I remember um, I remember a guy uh, when I was pregnant the first time, a guy saying, oh, Marion, your boobs are looking big. And you just say, do you know what? We just don't say that kind of thing anymore. And he was mortified. <laughs> you know, and, you, but you, and it's almost like you can handle some of those things if they're blatant because they're clear. Uh, yeah. But yeah. when it becomes that sort of unconscious bias or by stealth, it catches you unaware. And then you, is it me? Am I paranoid? You know, yeah, like, yeah, definitely, yeah. And it, it's really hard, hard, isn't it? I mean, how yeah. have you found, and I know you sort of work with a lot of people from diverse backgrounds, but how did you find that experience or was it, did you always I see think, it or was it not until a point? Yeah, I think because of, see, I've grown up in the outside of London. I'm not, I mean, half show, when I went to primary school, I was the only black girl in the whole school. And then going to secondary school, I went to a Catholic school. So I was the only, the only black girl in the year. <laughs> <laughs> so going to work and being the only black person in the room hasn't really fazed me. I not so much I it doesn't surprise me. Well, I've worked in an organization where it's very multicultural, it's very diverse, and it's great because you can feel like that bit more open and honest. But I think now I don't know, I don't know what it is. I mean, it could be like COVID, it could be uh George Floyd, it could be because I'm chartered now, and I don't get I can say what yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But actually, I think now the diversity topic has been more spoken through. It's a lot more spoken out there, like especially, and I'm definitely more passionate about the gender split rather than the, well, I'd say I'm, I'm more passionate about both together because they're both quite important to me because I have close friends that are, are just women in the industry from a white background, but they still struggle. Like they still mm feel like they are being held back and vice versa I mean yeah I'm I was saying to a colleague the other day I, ha- I don't think I know anyone a black female that's a chartered QS that may be a director in a firm I'm waiting for the day yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I can actually meet someone but actually should I wait for that day or should I work towards that I'd like to see it before I work towards it but I think it's an industry where we do I mean, it's that unconscious bias, it's that imposter syndrome that you do. I think for me, a woman, oh, it's a woman QS, oh, it's a woman director, it's a woman partner, and well, that's good. And, and then, but even then, like, you feel maybe, I mean, currently, for example, I'm, I'm at Garden Fearfold, and uh, they do a lot of women networking, which I find is really good. And I haven't been in a business that does that as much. And um, they had a networking, a quick networking event Um last month and it was really nice to see different women as partners and directors in the firm yeah and just speaking to them like generally like how did you get here what did you do and it was like fully open and I think we need a lot more of that in our industry I know there are women in property and and stuff but 
sometimes it's quite hard to find as a grad unless you're really searching for it. I think that's absolutely right. And and on that, I would say a great website for people to go to, or if you've got an organisation to sign up to, is Building People. I think it's buildingpeople.org. I'll put a link in the show notes. I interviewed um, Rebecca Lovelace about a year ago now, and um, she's doing that, pulling people together or organisations together. So there's one point. You know, there's some, I, I think there's something like, 76 different women's group in the built environment Mm -hmm. i mean we're really good at organizing groups and that's why i never set up you know women in surveying as a group it's more of a movement if you want to be in the little facebook group and whatever you can you know it's not about sometimes it can become quite territorial and you have a committee and a board and a budget and then nobody turns up to your events and why aren't we going to events and we, we sort of really rethink these these things and i think we've got a view it in a uh, in a different way and you know the the reason a lot of these organizations were set up 5 10 20 years ago was a different landscape to what mm. we are where we're at now and so we've got to keep on moving with what's the culture now yeah. and even yeah. even now you know we talk about male allies you know and we need yeah. to we need to let men in you know we need yeah. to have safe spaces where women can talk about their sports bras or whatever there's places like that but we also need to let men in to help us because yeah, exactly, men yeah. who are coming forwards want to help us whereas in the past generation actually they weren't allowed to because their parents you know yeah, were yeah, you know it's like the dads weren't allowed at the birth of their kids and and so yeah. things are moving so we've got to keep on moving it forward but recognizing it's moving at the yeah. same time and some of the things you said there i think were, were quite interesting because I found that I didn't have role models. You know, I'm I'm 47. I came into the industry uh, when I was about 26, 8, something like that. You know, I felt I didn't have role models or relatable role models. And because I've never worked for a, a corporate in that sense, I mean, I mean, I did for a bit, but, you know, I didn't know, see anybody like me, anybody from my background. And I consider myself privileged to a, you know, to a degree. But and role models are, are important. And like you, I was waiting for somebody to show me the way. And yeah. I found that I didn't qualify for mentoring schemes or I couldn't afford them or the companies I mm. worked for at the time wouldn't put me through. So yeah. I self-funded my own personal development. And so just being able to do that, what I then realized is that I am now the role model or I can be the role model. And you only need to be one or two steps ahead of somebody else to be able to, to help. And yeah. I, I absolutely hate that term, role model. Really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just think it's good, but, you know, yeah. I, I don't want to be, all right, you know, I've got a podcast and things, but I don't want to be in the spotlight in that way because sometimes yeah. you're, you're set for fail. But I think oh, the more that, we can, more that we can do, and what I'm passionate about is empowering people like you, like other, you know, I was talking to another lady up north um, yesterday about something that she's setting up for in the in Leeds and in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. I want to help people like that go and do the next thing because that's what I didn't have. And yeah, it's what yeah, I'm able yeah. to, to yeah. share, you yeah. know. And so that's I think great. the more that we can that we can do that Simple. and share that, firstly, it just feels good, really mm-hmm. good to help to help somebody and give them that nudge. But we're breaking the pattern. I think that's it. I don't, especially in the, the building trades, like you don't really see many black individuals like joining mm. into like as a quantity surveyor or even in the built environment like the building surveyor. I mean, it's quite challenging. And I, I, I was going to schools and even in schools, like going to like 
like in the London schools or even like outside Hertfordshire beds, like Bucks. It's hard to explain, not hard to explain, but kids don't even know about our industry. Yeah. And that's a thing. Because if they, they know what a, a doctor is or a lawyer or a nurse or actually do not surveyors. <laughs> it's you know lots of though? things. You know what though, I guess, I guess, and I guess this is where maybe it's time for collaboration and working smarter. Yeah. I remember at one point hearing that, I don't know, nearly 200, I think, different types of surveyors registered with the RICS, as in job titles and things. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, and if we think about the different roles, and you can be a surveyor and not a member of the RICS, of course. Yeah. You know, and, and if you think about all the different roles in the built environment, they're huge. And, and yeah. therefore, aren't we better to collaborate and say, okay, go into schools and talk about construction, STEM, yeah engineering yeah. and when the right time is to mention these words like surveying yeah, yeah, that's true. It, let's face it you yeah. know and get to it but it feels like we're all going in in silo and that's quite confusing so maybe it's time for for that yeah. you mentioned yeah. imposter syndrome <laughs> and this is something that all of us women apparently suffer from selena really? at some point in our, <laughs> in our career tell me about what that looked and felt like for you and have you ever banished it from your life? I think maybe I've thought about it more. I think I'm maybe doing more self-reflection. Third child makes you think. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose you always, for me, like always being like the black person in the room, you you have sometimes the assumption that someone thinks you shouldn't belong there. So if a comment does come up, I'd probably go against, not against it, but I'd probably make the comment back. Like, well, why did he say that? Mm. Or they assume I might be the cleaner or I might be the, PA or, or I don't know just here to take notes it's like well no I'm helping I'm I'm gonna get you paid <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so be quiet okay and like have a bit more respect but it's not even I think then actually it's make not making that assumption because I suppose everybody thinks differently and it's just I suppose learning that because there have been times where people will make comments and you know like, like you said about the the boobs and whatever it's like oh even as a woman, like, can you can you speak English? And like, do you understand what I'm saying? It'd be quite patronising. It's like, but do you understand what I'm telling you? It's it's. I suppose it's just I would say like having bigger balls than the guys in the room. But yeah. <laughs> it's like we have to now in this industry, unfortunately. But it's just making myself aware that it's not just. It is. It, I mean, fifty percent of the time, or should I say fifty? I don't know. I'm not going to wear the calculations, but it's not all the time that people are always judging you because of the colour of the skin, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. And when it does happen, it's just making sure you address it as and then. And I think that's quite important, especially for people coming in in the industry. Because I, I just started to do a, a mentorship through um, a new, I suppose, a new programme where it's about those that are diverse joining the industry. And I'm mentoring a younger guy who's black, who is a PM in a contractor firm and he's had those same incidents mm-hmm. and he's only in his 20s and it's been told by contractors that like why are you here do you understand what I'm saying and he's black British like why are those conversations happened again and he didn't want to bring it up to his employer but I thought well if we don't address it then it's just going to continue to happen just yeah it, it doesn't stop does it yeah I just think oh, like, that annoyed me because I think now I feel like is it because the younger generation, or not so much the younger, but because he's new in the industry, he's too scared to say it. And that's a younger guy. So imagine if it's a younger woman. I mean, 
I'm assuming yeah, yeah. it would be even worse. Yeah. That, that made me quite angry because I thought, oh, we have to be able to speak up and not feel like if I'm saying something, am I saying it because, oh, I'm, I'm causing trouble? Because that sometimes it can feel like that's another imposter syndrome thing. You think, oh, yeah. I'm causing trouble because I'm saying something. But actually, I, I think, need to say it because... Yeah, I think what it, it, what it does is it makes you doubt yourself. Yeah, that's it. And, I, I mean, I, I remember going to university to contribute to a, a women's event they had like 10, 15 years ago. And afterwards, they had students on the table and then we as employers and mentors sort of walked around. And I remember one lady saying to me, because we were talking about construction, what do you do about the men? And I said, well, I'm not fighting them off with a stick. What do you mean? <laughs> but she'd had this perception that construction, you know, wasn't for women. Yeah. And so sometimes it's almost like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in some way. If you go in expecting a hostile environment, yeah. your whole body language, your voice, everything, yeah. you know, looks nervy and awkward. And then on the other side, you've got somebody who has never maybe never met or worked with somebody different to themselves. Yeah. And they've right. got no understanding or education on, okay, well, how do I approach? Yeah. And, you know, and and therefore things then come out clumsy and it yeah. and it all breaks down. Now, clearly there are some idiots out there and people with prejudice and you know that aside. But I think if we can do more to be compassionate and learn that, okay, if someone's saying, do you speak this language? And you're with compassion saying, yes, I do. What can I help you with? Yeah, you know, exactly, you, can, yeah. you can sort of you can build, you can build relationships from it. But yeah. every time those things happen, it chips away at you. And it it comes back down to your confidence levels and to have that real grit and determination and to know yourself well, mm-hmm. to be able to go through it. And unfortunately, that can come out as Mrs. Angry, aggressive person. And I've certainly yeah. been because that and when I was sending my stroppy email about the RICS 20 odd years ago <laughs> that's what I was you know it was just I didn't know how to fight my corner in a way that yeah. I could be heard yeah. I was just you know well labeled with all sorts but but came across that way <laughs> and there's a great piece of um research on this actually I don't know if you've come across it I'll put a link in the show notes it's a Harvard Business Review paper that came out last year and I think it's called Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome and actually, it's all about, I'll send you, you'll enjoy it. I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's actually all about, actually, we don't feel inclusive. We don't feel included. And you know, they talk about women of colour and, and the research and things around it. But if we label women with imposter syndrome, then all of a sudden it's you know something that we exactly. gravitate to. But actually, it's yeah, not definitely. making me feel welcome because exactly. I'm, I'm different yeah. to you. You know, yeah. it's quite... Um, and I think that's quite, it. I think... It will change, hopefully, touch wood. <laughs> it will be it different. Will, I could know. go to site and I won't get looked at, but I don't care. You can look at me, you know. <laughs> but the fact is, like, if, yeah, I think it's just, that's why what you were saying earlier about the, the retaining women in here, I would be, the fact that I know that women are leaving because they don't feel welcome, I'm going to stay here until I die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to say I would die in construction. <laughs> I am not leaving. So, d- depend depending on the membership fees, but yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there was a whole other debate. But yeah, no, I'm I'm the same to show that it can be done. And there's another lady I'm trying to get on the the podcast actually, and she's she's a QS I think, and she's been a member for nearly 50 years. Oh wow! Yeah, well, you want to hear about about people yeah. people like How that? Did you do um, that? <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've just we've just got to, it, you know, things will change. Yeah, I but I, that's... but I think if we 
instead of waiting for those role models, those women, you know, those people, (laughs) we have to become it, but we are not them. You know, I'm not going to be a chief exec of a company talking about my imposter syndrome on a stage. You know, I'm going to talk about what it feels like on my podcast in the Facebook group, because that's the way that I can do it. And someone else will do it in a different way. And, you know, I think that's it. Yeah. Authentic. Yeah. Mm. I think you want to support that next not even the next generation, that next person, like that could be even like that role higher than you, but you want them to get there because you want to be like, well done. <laughs> you want to give that support. And then, yeah, because, yeah, definitely. And that's what you enjoy seeing that when you see someone working up to, to be their best that they want to be. And that's quite important for me when, especially when you're quite close to like individuals and you see how they, they are in their career. And that's, that's like, you're right. That's probably more enjoyable than like, Sometimes yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When and someone's it's, even just done that that next step, you know, thank God. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't do good without feeling good. Yeah, you know, not true. not really. And and therefore, if we do more of that, and and you mentioned before about you know the support that you had with from younger people, the reverse mentoring. You know, I've got so much from that. Yeah, you, know, if you, you you find role models and support in all sorts of places, different shapes and yeah, sizes. Definitely. You know, the thing we've got to do is remember to say thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I know I haven't probably done that as I was growing up or, you know, but where I am now, I think you should remember to say thank you for yeah. that because the small things make a difference. That's so. true. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. Because you do remember, I think you do go on reflection. I, I think, yeah, for me, it's like, oh, yeah, like if they didn't say that, I wouldn't have done that. No, like, oh, yeah. Like. <laughs> and, and this is the thing, Just, you know, it's not, sometimes it's not, you know, paying someone to get you through the APC that makes a difference. Yeah. It was the person that spoke to you while you're bawling your eyes out on a Friday yeah, yeah. night because <laughs> the kids won't sleep and you're going to do, yeah. your, do your work exactly. that gave you that pep yeah. talk to, to get you on. It's, it's just do it, Selena. I've mm. had that a few times. Selena, honestly, it's been fabulous to catch up with you. I'm so yeah. glad that we got to do this. Yes, All right. Thank you. You take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah. Thank bye. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for tuning into the show today. I really hope you enjoyed it. You can find the show notes and links to any guests and resources we've mentioned today on the website, lovesurveying.com. And don't forget to show your support by buying me a coffee or you can rate, review and follow the podcast on your usual podcast platform. It really does make a difference. It helps spread the word and reach a wider audience of surveyors who just love what they do. See you next time.